Conversation now with civil rights attorney, racial justice advocate, and now author, Nakima Levy-Armstrong, about her new children's book, J is for Justice, a social justice book for kids. Nakima Levy-Armstrong, how are you today? I'm doing great, Travis. How are you? If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. I am always delighted to be in dialogue with you. I'm glad we got a few minutes here between now and the top of the hour uh, to talk about this new book and a few other things we'll get to. I'm certain knowing how your mind works. But let me just uh, go right right at it. Tell me about Jay is for Justice, a social justice book for kids. Yes. So I wrote Jay is for Justice as a way to bring children into the conversation about racial justice social justice activism, protests, and conversations that typically as adults we might be uncomfortable talking to our children about. Mm. But I think that it's incredibly important for parents of all racial backgrounds, and particularly black parents, to be confident and to be intentional about broaching what are sometimes um, sensitive subject matter with our children. Our children are paying attention to social media, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, they're listening to their friends. They know that something is happening with regard to uh, this push for police accountability. Mm -hmm. They're seeing protests. Some of them are attending protests. And if we leave it up to society to educate our children about these issues, we're going to get more of the same. Mm. So this is a way of disrupting the status quo and beginning to put the power into the hands of parents, teachers, and our youngest learners in this society. I just said earlier in today's program, uh, Nakima, that to my mind, racism is still the most intractable issue in this country. Um, and if we adults have not figured this thing out, this uh, this racism thing, this justice thing, this equity thing, if we haven't figured that out uh, as adults, um, tell me why you think uh, it's 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 uh, necessary uh, or legitimate uh, to bring children into the conversation. Well, I think that children are already a part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my youngest child is five years old. And from the time I was pregnant with her, I was bringing her out to protest. Mm -hmm. And then when she got <laughs> older, pushing her in her stroller, walking with her. And so she was walking in solidarity with the community at various marches, holding protest signs, learning some of the chants. And the reality is that she wasn't the only child out on the front line. Many parents were bringing their children. Some were literally newborn babies um, who were out there in solidarity with the community, standing up for black lives and standing up for justice. And so I think about someone like Derek Chauvin, for example. Imagine if his parents had taken the time mm. to intentionally educate him mm. about the history of racism and white supremacy in this country, as well as law enforcement. I, I don't believe that what happened on May 25th of 2020 would have happened. I, I think he would have had a different level of consciousness about these issues and would have made a different choice than what we saw, which yeah. was him killing George Floyd in such a brutal and horrific manner. Mm. So I think if we're trying to break some of these cycles from the past, that we have to be intentional about educating our children to become the types of public servants, advocates, organizers, and activists that we need to see to help transform our society and the world at large. Mm. Um, the other thing I'll say, Tavis, is that 
with throughout our history, we have seen children play a role in disrupting the status quo when it comes to racial justice issues. Oh, if yeah. you think back to the marches, um, <laughs> civil rights marches in the 60s, we had the Children's Crusade, where Dr. King went into the schools, he got the children out, and they became the people on the front lines facing police officers, police dogs, water hoses, and also even going to jail to help fight for our freedom. We can't allow that history to be erased. Our no. children need to understand that they matter in the fight for racial justice. You are prophetic. I was just about to go there. <laughs> I asked you a question about that. Um, and as always, you just you, you jumped ahead beautifully because it seems to me, I'm a, I'm a student of history, as are you, There is it's not just even the civil rights movement. There is no history for social justice in the world, um, no noted uh, uh, advancement that did not have at the apex of that movement, uh, at the crescendo of that movement, the involvement of young people. So you are right. There are young people in the civil rights movement, kings putting kids in the streets. When when America turned on their televisions and they looked at Birmingham, or as they called it back then, Bombingham, and they mm. saw those kids being water hosed, and having dogs uh, sicked on those kids, that changed, Dr. King, if you were here right now, I would tell you, that changed the whole movement. It changed America's impression. Mm. That gave that gave the impetus uh, that we needed to get the Voting Rights Act passed and the Civil Rights Act passed when the, yeah. when the country saw the way these babies were being maltreated. But let's not just, don't, let's just not stop here. Let's go to Tiananmen Square in China. The world saw those kids lay their bodies down in front of those tanks in Tiananmen Square and dared those tanks mm. to roll over them. It changed the conversation about human rights in China. Let's go to Soweto in South Africa. I could do this all day long if mm. we had the time. So I, I, I take, no, 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 no. I, I take, mean, no, I take your point. I take you're your point. It, it, it is your point. Mm -hmm. I'm just augmenting it that you're right, that there is no movement for social justice anywhere in the world that does not at some point in that advancement, Nikima, have the involvement and the engagement of young people, which leads me to ask, your daughter didn't have a choice. Her mama is Nikimi Levy-Armstrong. But is there, an, is there an age-appropriate time where we expose kids um, to, to ideas and to challenges and to issues and to books like yours, Jay is for Justice, a social justice book for kids? Is there an age-appropriate time to get kids thinking about these kinds of issues? I mean, if I had it my way, I would honestly say once they're able to walk and talk, mm. that we start having conversations with them. You know, when my children were little, I would show them documentaries. You know, I showed my children roots when they were little. So my son was about three years old and he knew the name of Kunta Kente. Mm. And, you know, we were having the, but I was intentional as a mom because I knew that the world around them was going to indoctrinate them to be anti-black. That that's just from the time they come out the womb and mm. even when they're in the womb, they are facing anti-black oppression, right? How many black mothers don't make it through childbirth because mm -hmm. of some of the medical racism and anti-blackness that exists? Mm -hmm. So I think that we have to understand what we're up against, that even if our children are on their tablets and they're watching YouTube, they are being indoctrinated in terms of thinking about, you know, who is superior and who is not whose voice matters and whose does not, what uh, their physical appearances look like and, and whether they matter and whether they don't. Because think about what happened during Brown versus the Board of Education and how Thurgood Marshall 
work relentlessly to highlight how children were being impacted by school segregation and Jim Crow. And remember that famous doll test Mm -hmm. that they did where they showed that our young children were already selectively identifying white people as being good and superior. The white doll is better than the black doll. And these children were young. Mm -hmm. And they had already been indoctrinated to believe that they were inferior and that their people were bad. So we have to know what we're up against and realize that they are already not shielded, right, from these messages. And so the way that we counteract that is by being intentional in teaching them and exposing them to the truth. So the flip side of being intentional, which I want to come to intentionally uh, when we come forward in a moment here, the flip side of uh, being intentional is uh, traumatizing. Uh, I said on this program earlier this week in a different conversation, I can't watch that George Floyd videotape. This happened in your hometown of Minneapolis, where you are right now, um, for this conversation. I can't watch that videotape, Nakima. When he starts calling out for his mama, my heart can't take it. Same thing with Tyree Nichols calling out for his mama, not Jesus, his mama. Um, I can't I, I can't take it. So the flip side of being intentional is whether or not if I'm an adult and I'm traumatized by this. Um, what about the notion of traumatizing kids by exposing them to this stuff too early? Want to get your take on that and then go directly inside the pages of this new children's book. Jay is for justice, a social justice book for kids and get a better understanding give the audience, I should say, a better understanding of what they're going to see when they purchase the book and share it with their children. We're talking to the author of that book, Jay is for Justice, Nakima Levy-Armstrong on KBLA Talk 1580. The flip side, Nakima Levy-Armstrong, of being intentional is uh, running the risk perhaps of traumatizing kids. I've been traumatized by these videos. How do you you manage that? Well, I don't show my children the videos. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's the first step. I have conversations with them, but I don't show them videos. But I had an incident just yesterday where um, there's stuff floating around social media about a man who was in a high-speed chase here in the Twin Cities with Mm -hmm. police. And he wound up uh, stopping his car or crashing his car. This happened last summer. Um, But he he ran away from police, I'm guessing out of fear, And then his body was found a couple of days later um, Mm. floating in a lake, like Mm. at the shore of a lake. The images of his face are now going around social media in the Twin Cities. And so we're trying to investigate and get a handle on what happened and how this man actually died. Well, my son, who's 18, he's a high school senior, he sent me a text. Mom, did you see that picture of that man's face? And I'm thinking you're in school right now Mm. and you are texting me about an image that is floating around social media. And so what I've been trying to do is tell people, listen, if you're going to share images like that, please include a trigger warning. Mm -hmm. Right. And understand that it is such a shock to the conscience to see um, his his face look like Emmett Till from, you know, having been in, in the water, you know, for who knows how long. And I was horrified that my uh, 18-year-old son saw that picture uh, at a time when he was in class and supposed to be focused on learning. Mm -hmm. So I do my best as a parent to shield my children from those images and from videos, but I don't shy away from the conversations in terms of talking to them about the dangers that we have experienced as a people 
and particularly him as a black male growing up in this society, knowing what he is up against, along with so many other young black men um, who don't get an opportunity to keep their innocence intact, Mm. you know, through no fault of the parents, but just by virtue of the society. Conversations that matter. matter. You're listening to Tavis Smiley on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Nikina Levy Armstrong on KBLA Talk 1580. Her new book, a children's book, is called J is for Justice, a social justice book for kids. Nikima, in the three hour, three minutes, I said three hours. I wish I had three hours with you. In the three minutes I have left with you, uh, tell me what parents and uh, readers are going to see, kids, when they go inside this book, J is for Justice. I think that they're going to see a beautiful story about a mother and a daughter um, just being out and about in the community, hearing a protest, being called over to join. They're going to see little joy initially being afraid after hearing, you know, the loudness uh, of the chanting and things from the protest. You're going to see her let her guard down and be willing to engage with community, marching with community, learning the chants with community. And then being reminded of what she was taught at home, like Asada Shakur's chant, we have a duty to fight for our freedom. We have a duty to win. And you'll see also vivid images and illustrations in the book that complement the story. Uh, My illustrator, Tiffany Baker, is a young black woman out of Brooklyn who did a phenomenal job capturing the essence of the movement and Joy's story throughout the book. We have received such amazing feedback from parents who have exposed their children to JS for Justice. They sent, they sent me pictures of their children reading the book or them <laughs> reading the book to their children. And when I've gone into schools, Tavis, the response has been incredible. The first school I went to was a predominantly black school. Many of those kids had attended protests, and they were saying the chants, in the book, you know, like, what do we want? Justice. When do we want it? Now. And that was a part of the reading of the book, hearing them recite the chants back to me. Um, and then after I read the book to the children, they went into their classrooms and their teachers created impromptu lessons mm. based upon the book. The children took that information, created their own signs, and then we did a children's march through the school. The energy was electrifying, and it felt revolutionary, Mm. like we're at the right place and at the right time to bring this message to the children. They were ready for it. I got so that's just, just powerful no, to see it. It's powerful to hear. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining what that must have been like. I only have uh, 45 seconds left. Clearly, you didn't do that in a school in Florida, if you take my point. Right. I wish I could. <laughs> I would I would be happy to go right to DeSantis' office and leave stacks of J is for Justice there yeah. and or go to schools in Florida and bring that book because these attacks on black history are absolutely pre- preposterous. But we fight back with books like J is for Justice and other books by black authors and illustrators that tell our stories from our own perspectives and that capture our beauty our culture, our history, and our heritage. Uh, and they make it, um, you know, easy for children to access. 
I love Nakima Levy Armstrong. That's how you close the show. That's how you close the hour. I, I figured if I teed that up, she'd do something with it, and she did uh, in fine fashion, as always. Her book is called J is for Justice, a social justice book for kids, obviously a children's book. You can get it wherever fine books are sold. Again, J is for Justice. Get it for your babies. Nakima Levy Armstrong, congrats on the book. Good to have you on our program once again. Thank you, Tavis. I appreciate you so much. Likewise. All the best to you. More of Tavis Smiley after news, traffic, and sports on KBLA Talk 1580.